Chapter Eight, Part One of Lady Molly of Scotland Yard by Baroness Orzy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Bag of Sand, Part One. Of course, I knew at once by the expression of her face that morning that my dear lady had some important business on hand. She had a bundle in her arms consisting of a shabby-looking coat and skirt and a very dowdy hat trimmed with bunches of cheap calico roses. "'Put these things on at once, Mary,' she said curtly, "'for you are going to apply for the situation of good plain cook, so mind you look the part.' "'But where in the world?' I gasped in astonishment. "'In the house of Mr. Nicholas Jones, in Eaton Terrace,' she interrupted dryly, "'the one occupied until recently by his sister, the late Mrs. Dunstan. Mrs. Jones is advertising for a cook, and you must get that place.' "'As you know, I have carried obedience to the level of a fine art.' nor was I altogether astonished that my dear lady had at last been asked to put one of her dainty fingers in that Dunstan pie, which was puzzling our fellows more completely than any other case I have ever known. I don't know if you remember the many circumstances, the various contradictions which were cropping up at every turn, and which baffled our ablest detectives at the very moment when they thought themselves most near the solution of that strange mystery." Mrs. Dunstan herself was a very uninteresting individual, self-righteous, self-conscious, and fat, a perfect type of the moneyed middle-class woman whose balance at the local bank is invariably heavier than that of her neighbors. Her niece, Violet Frostwick, lived with her, a smart, pretty girl, inordinately fond of dainty clothes and other luxuries which money can give. Being totally impecunious herself, she bore with the older woman's constant varying caprices with almost angelic patience, a fact probably attributable to Mrs. Dunstan's testamentary intentions, which, as she often averred, were in favor of her niece. In addition to these two ladies, the household consisted of three servants and Miss Cruikshank. The latter was a quiet, unassuming girl, who was by way of being secretary and lady help to Mrs. Dunstan, but who, in reality, was nothing but a willing drudge. Up betimes in the morning, she combined the work of a housekeeper with that of an upper servant. She interviewed the tradespeople, kept the servants in order, and ironed and smartened up Miss Violet's blouses, a Cinderella, in fact. Mrs. Dunstan kept a cook and two maids, all of whom had been with her for years. In addition to these, a charwoman came very early in the morning to light fires, clean boots, and do the front steps. On November 22, 1907, for the early history of this curious drama dates back to that year, the charwoman who had been employed at Mrs. Dunstan's house in Eaton Terrace for some considerable time sent word in the morning that in future she would be unable to come. Her husband had been obliged to move to lodgings nearer to his work, and she herself could not undertake to come the greater distance at the early hour at which Mrs. Dunstan required her. The woman had written a very nice letter explaining these facts, and sent it by hand, stating at the same time that the bearer of the note was a very respectable woman, a friend of her own, who would be very pleased to oblige Mrs. Dunstan by taking on the morning's work. I must tell you that the message and its bearer arrived at Eaton Terrace somewhere about 6 a.m., when no one was down except the Cinderella of the house, Miss Cruikshank. She saw the woman, liked her appearance, and there and then engaged her to do the work, subject to Mrs. Dunstan's approval. The woman, who had given her name as Mrs. Thomas, seemed very quiet and respectable. She said that she lived close by, in St. Peter's Mews, 
and therefore could come as early as Mrs. Dunstan wished. In fact, from that day, she came every morning at 5.30 a.m., and by seven o'clock had finished her work and was able to go home. If, in addition to these details, I tell you that, at the time, pretty Miss Violet Frostwick was engaged to a young Scotsman, Mr. David Athol, of whom her aunt totally disapproved, I shall have put before you all the personages who, directly or indirectly, were connected with that drama, the final act of which has not yet been witnessed, either by the police or by the public. End of Part 1 of The Bag of Sand